Glory to God. Well, let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13. I've been teaching on love for five, six years now. Since it's unfailing, I guess I can teach on it for a lot longer. And uh, that's what uh, that's kind of where we're going to go today. We'll look, we'll look at different aspects. You know, the character of God is really what you're wanting to know. And if you want to know the character of God, you must study love. There's no, you're not going to find out His character without studying love. You can study faith all you want. You can study hope. You can study everything else. But to find the character of God, the very nature of who He is, that's what you've got to study. What, what were the Old Testament people missing? They had the law. They had no love. Right? No love. They had the law. But to, to find out the character of God, you've got to look at Jesus. He was the love of God. He is the love of God. And His very character is what we'd want to look at to find out how God is. Jesus even said it to the the disciples. He said, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. And He wasn't just saying, if you've seen My face, if you've seen My body, if you've watched what I do, you saw how the Father is. You have seen what He would have done in every situation. When, when When the lady was brought before Him and should have been stoned because the law said so, God or Jesus showed you the character of God and forgave her. Right? The law didn't forgive her. Jesus did because that's the character of God. Amen? And that's what we want to find out about God. And we want to find out what can change in us to become more like God. We are children of the Most High. We want to represent Him in every way. You know, I don't just want my kid to look like me. I want him to act like me sometimes. Right? But if you're God, you want your kid to act like you all the time. Why? Because he's perfect. He doesn't miss a thing. Amen? And so we should be an image of God on the earth. And so for us to be the image of God on the earth, we must become more like Him every day, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Every day, something in us should change to become more like God. Amen? I remember, uh, I haven't always been in church. Don't get me wrong, my mom grew us up in church, but I didn't stay in church. And when I came back to church, I, uh, I didn't see the character of God very often in my book. I was very judgmental. You know, I'd, I'd come to church and I would, I would critique the pastor rather than listen to him. And God probably kindly got on to me one day and said, you're never going to learn anything because you're just there to criticize the pastor. And so I quit doing that. But, you know, what I wanted, what, what, what I needed, what Dave needed in himself, was to see a person that was giving off the image of God. And he introduced me to a guy. Um, I started working, you know, I, I said, well, you know, I'll help with this. You know, I've always been somebody who wanted to help. So I said, you know, I'll help with the youth. And I got in youth, <clears throat> and this guy... He's about 6'2", but he's about this broad. He's a bodybuilder. And he's about that broad. And he walks up to me. The very first time he sees me, he grabs my hand, he pulls it out of the way, and bear hugs me. And says, brother, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to see you today. So glad you're going to be helping us with this. And he wasn't the pastor. He wasn't the youth pastor. He was a volunteer, and he was helping in the church. But he was so in love with God 
that it changed what I thought that day. He, and he was so on fire for the things of God. And, I, and, I, and, I, and so I started hanging around him because I wanted what he had. I'd seen lots of Christians, but I wanted what he had. He had an excitement and a love and a kindness and a gentleness. He was this big guy, but he was kind and gentle. Kind and gentle. That's what we're going to look at today. And I wanted what he had. And I said, God, what's different about him? And he said, he knows how much it took to get for me to save him. He, his value of what it took for me to save him is greater than most people's. I thought, it's scriptural, isn't it? Isn't that, isn't that what Jesus said about the lady that was wiping his feet? And Simon said, Simon, Simon said, if, he, if they only knew, you know, what kind of woman that was. And Jesus said, at the end of that whole thing, she loves much because she's been forgiven much. Amen? I, what, what, should, what should cause us to desire the things of God, to walk in the things of God, to become more like God, should be our, should be our desire. You'll, you'll see it when, it when it goes towards other people. It's not just what you think in your heart. You say, man, I want to be kind. I just want to be kind. Well, I want to be kind. You are kind. Now go out and do kind. Right? You have the love of God in you. Love is patient. Love is kind. So you have kind. Now we've got to go out and do kind. Amen? And so we have the ability to be God in this earth. We have the ability to do all these things, but we have to remember sometimes, just like we want to remember that we're in a more blessed position, we want to remember how much, how much God gave for us. Because that gives you your value. And as you get your value, you'll desire to be who He's called you to be. Right? Because if you had, so like He said, He who hasn't been forgiven much doesn't love much. Why? Well, it didn't, you know, I really wasn't a very bad person. It didn't take much for God to save me. You were as bad as the worst. It took the same amount of blood, it took the same trip to hell. Oh, whoops, if anybody didn't believe God, Jesus went to hell. I'm sorry. It, it took the same price for the worst of the worst as it did for you. And that can cause you every day, if you'll remember just that one thing, to be more compassionate, to be more kind. Right? You know, because humans, they have a form of compassion. Right? Let's, look, let's get some Scripture here. Let's get a little Scripture here. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. It says, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, and I have not love, I'm not, I'll, I won't use charity because I'm going to use love. Because that's how we spell it. Amen. And have not love, I become a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and can understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. In other words, there's all kinds of acts of kindness you could do that would value zero. Right? Have you ever heard, have you ever seen, I've seen these t-shirts, I've seen it all over, bumper stickers, um, commit random acts of kindness. Do you know, 
you can't do that. Kindness is a product of love. It has to be brought up from love and come out through love. There is a human kindness that is not. And you could commit, you could commit a random act of human kindness. But as soon as that person makes you mad, then you'll take it away. Human kindness has an end, it will fail. Human gentleness has an end, and it will fail. You might see somebody that's gentle and kind, and boy, they're only operating within themselves, and you do just one thing to offend them, and they are no longer your friend. Right? But the love of God. How is God? That's what you want to look at. He is, well, let's just read about it. Let's just read about God. Look, Luke thirty, Luke six thirty-five. <clears throat> this is how God is. Luke six thirty-five says, "But love your enemies, and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again." In other words, He's not just saying lend; He's saying do good. You could lend, or you could just do good. But if you do whatever you do good, and you hope for something back. Or if they go, if you do something good for somebody and you see them the next day misusing the good you did, then it's not time to say, oh, I wish I hadn't given that. Or go to them and say, well, you don't care about what I did. I did this and I did that. And I, you know what? God did that through you. And you just took the credit. Plus, you just took the value away. Because now it's no longer a gift. It's a trade. You gave it to them because you wanted something back. You expected them to change. You expected something to happen. That's not, what, that's not what giving is. True giving gives and looks away. Trust that what God was wanting to do, He'll be more than able to do. Amen? So we do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest. For He is kind unto the unthankful. What? You know what? Most people can't even be kind to the thankful. God, no. He, goes, he always goes a step beyond. He's kind to the unthankful and the evil. In other words, when, when I'm not being thankful and you're not being thankful, God's still kind to us. He's still thinking about us. He's still doing things for us. Think about the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. Right? They're a perfect example because they're just like we are. When we don't have enough water, we cry. <laughs> okay, you guys don't. I do. Learn from my mistakes. It's going to be okay. But the children of Israel, they get across the Red Sea. Three days later, no water. They're whining. They're unthankful. They lost this vision of the Red Sea splitting and them walking through and all of their enemies being destroyed in three days. That's unthankful. Right? Because they couldn't spit. I don't have enough water. I just can't make it. You brought me out of Egypt. Right? Well, God, I know you paid my light bill last week, but... <laughs> my water bill's due this week. My rent's due next week. What about that? If he can pay your light bill, right? Be thankful. This isn't about thankful, though. It's about unthankful. Right? So what, what happened? Did God say, you know what? If you were thankful, I'd give you water. Because that's what parents would do. 
Yeah, I got any parents in here? Huh? Wouldn't they? I mean, wouldn't you do that? Well, you're so unthankful, you get nothing. You go, you get nothing and like it. God gave them water. He gave them water. Why? Because he's kind to the unthankful. And it's not long after that. But we don't have food. We had leeks and onions in Egypt. We, we, I mean, we could go there and we, we were always taken care of, blah, 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 blah. And what did God do? Gave them, gave them food. He gave them food. Rain down bread out of heaven. Right? To the unthankful. Why? Because He's kind to the unthankful. Right? And then they say, oh, we don't like this bread. We don't like bread. We need meat. We want meat. Give us meat. And what did He do? He gave them meat. Why? Because He's kind to the unthankful. And when bad things would happen, when, when, they'd get the, when they grumbled against Him and they grumbled against Moses and the snakes came and they said, help us, what did He do? He helped them. Why? Because He's kind to the unthankful. Right? Anybody can be kind to the thankful, but guess what? In this world, you're not going to get that chance all the time. You're going to get a whole bunch of chances to be kind to the unthankful. Every day. You're going to get chances to be kind to the takers. You're going to be kind to the ones that don't care about you. Right? But that doesn't take away your kindness. Why? Because we have a God kind of kindness. This isn't the kindness that fails. It's not the kind that goes away. It's the kind that's everlasting. God loves us with an everlasting kindness. Amen? What did he say in Nehemiah? Nehemiah 9.17, he was talking about these very people, these children of Israel. And at the end of the verse, he says, But thou art God ready to pardon. In other words, not only is he ready to do things for you, he'll go ahead and wipe out any reason he had not to. He'll pardon you. Right? Now he won't just he won't just he won't just move it out of the way. He'll pardon you. He'll take it away. Your sin was pardoned. In other words, there's no record of it. Right? People people get out of jail every day, but they have a record. But when they're pardoned, they have no record. There's no record of your sin any longer. He pardons you. But when even after these unthankful people, He pardoned them, and then it says He's gracious, merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. He's not just of kindness. He's of great kindness. In other words, He was thinking about how He could help them while He was being kind to them. He wasn't just giving them what they, what they asked for. He was thinking of another way to bless them all the time. He was trying to get them somewhere else. Why? Because He's kind. You know, another word for kind is goodness. When God shows His kindness, He's showing His goodness. And as we know, the goodness of God leads men to repentance. So, you know, when people, people wonder, why is He being good to the person? They're unthankful. Why is He being kind? They're unthankful. That's what brings change. And if the goodness of God brings change, then the goodness of God through you can bring change. Not just acts of kindness. Don't devalue your act to just, I helped them. You did something that God asked you to do, and because of that great kindness, their life will never be the same again. 
And every time you see them, I don't care what you see, you say, God told me to do this, and because I did, their life will never be the same again. This made an eternal difference in their life, and, and I am not going to relegate it to just, I paid their light bill, or I helped them with groceries this day, or it doesn't matter what act of kindness it was. But if it was directed by the Lord and done in love, then its value is everlasting, endless, and unfailing. Because kindness is a product of love. The world's kindness will fail. It's not a product of love. God's kindness will never fail. It is a true product of love. Amen? Look at another verse here in Isaiah 54, 8. It says, In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness, everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Everlasting kindness. He uses His everlasting kindness to show you mercy. You want mercy? You're going to get it through kindness. Right? That's why he's merciful. People say, well, I don't know why God would be merciful to me. Now you do. He's kind. That's why he'd be merciful. There's no other reason. It's like when somebody asks you why you love them. Anybody ever ask somebody that? Here's the answer, because I can. Not because of what they did. If you love somebody because of what they did, if they quit doing it, you won't love them anymore. Right? The reason you love them is because you can. (laughs) there's lots of people who can't so you should feel really good why they don't know god if you do not know god you cannot know love and you do not have love you have a human form that will go away when that person stops doing what you like right but when we love with the love of the lord we are unstoppable because it's it doesn't fail it never runs out it never comes short It never quits. Love that never quits. It doesn't matter what I did. It doesn't matter what I do. I saw a sign I was driving down 41 yesterday, and it it said, Jesus loves you no matter what. You know, on a church, I'm like, I like that. That's perfect. That's all I need to know right there. Jesus loves me no matter what. That, That should be the Christian motto right there. There's no condemnation in it. There's no judgment in it. There's no, there's no you need to do this. There's no, there's, no, there's no works involved. Jesus loves you no matter what. That's what the world needs to know. And the more we have this kindness, I want to keep saying do this kindness, it's not do it, it's have it. Because you want people to walk away from you if you did nothing and say, he's kind. Why? Because he did something? No. He, he just Being around him, I can just tell he's a kind person. Because it's not your acts that should give you, make you kind. It's who you are. It's, the reason God gave them quail was because he's kind, not to show them he was kind. Right? If you just want to show people you're kind, that's what the world's doing. And then they put a plaque up with their name on it. I was kind, so they named this stadium after me. That's not kindness. Kindness doesn't even need to be recognized. That's why you can do it to the unthankful. Because the unthankful won't recognize you. Three days later, they'll whine that they have no water. 
oh, but God, you told me to move to Sarasota, and now everything's going wrong. And well, If God guides, God provides. Amen? And whining isn't why He does it, but He is kind and He will take care of you. Amen? God is kind. And He's asked us to be kind. And He showed us a vision of kindness. What did He show us? Jesus. In Titus it says, it says because of His love and kindness that He showed us in Jesus Christ. Amen? What was Jesus? He was a vision of God's kindness. Right? He, God's goodness, God's love, God's mercy. He was a vision of that. But then He brought Jesus to the earth and Jesus walked for three years showing people what God's like. Amen? And He gave parables. I mean, if you just look at the, at the uh, prodigal son. Prodigal son. Let's look. Luke, Luke uh, what is it? Luke 15? Luke 15? I think it's... Uh, 10, 11, 9, something like that. I could look at it. It's in my notes somewhere, but I've gotten so far off those, I don't know how we'd ever get back to them. 15, 11. We, we won't read the whole thing, but we'll go through it real quick. Luke 15, 11. Certain man had two sons. Keep going. The younger one said to his father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. Let's put this in the NIV so I can read it. Thank you. Sorry, just that high school education. (laughs) The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So the father said, What are you talking about? You're only a young whippersnapper. If I give you this, you'll go out and waste it? And and you'll... No. It doesn't say anything about that. Does it? Does God trust in who He is? So then He trusts in who His kids are. Right? Right? He'll give you a long leash. You know, a lot of people say, well, I can't trust you. God trusts you. Even after you mess up, He'll trust you again. He will. Right? And I I don't disagree. Trust is something that needs to be earned many times. But in this case, He's trusting in what's in that son. Right? My daughter is now 19. I told you last time I was here, I don't know how many were here, I've given her everything that she wanted all the time. And I have. And I will. But you know what? Ever since she was 16, she's had a job. I didn't make her have a job. Why? Because I put it in her. That it's good to have a job. Right? It's a good thing. You, you shouldn't, you know, it's God says you don't work, you don't eat, and all that. You know? But I put it in her. That she had, she's had a job since the day she turned 16. Actually, she had three. At one time, when she was 17, she worked, she's working today at camp, at a, a Christian camp. And uh, she works. Even though I'll buy her everything she needs, she'll work, which is good. I like that. But she's 19. And, and now, you know, I notice this as I've grown. When she was little, I did everything for her. Right? And if she said, I'm going to cross the street, I grabbed her hand. Right? But as she grew, there was a time where she said, I'm going to cross the street, and I just watched. Right? Now I can't. So I have to trust what I've put in her. Amen? Amen? There comes a day where they say, give me my portion of the estate. And you've got to trust what you put in them. Amen? And when it looks like they're out there messing it up, be assured 
when my mom and dad gave, when I left home, they couldn't possibly have thought I was saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, ever coming back to God. They couldn't have possibly thought, but my mom did. Every day she said, he'll be a servant of God. He'll do everything God's called him to do. And, and she did it every day. And if I came to see her and said, she, she said, what have you been doing? And I told her, she said, well, that won't be there long. Why? Because I was already serving God in her book. Why? She would put it in me. She made sure it was there. Amen? Not sure what this has to do with kindness and gentleness, but it's all free. It just showed up on the verse, so I had to say it. Amen? But there will come a day where you have... And God trusts us. Why? Because He's kind. Because we've not given Him any reason to trust us. <laughs> and you can't do enough to give Him reason to trust you. Except for get saved. And then you're His. And He knows what He put in you. And you have the ability, you have just as much ability, You actually I'll rephrase that, you have more ability to succeed than fail at that point. Because now you have the Holy Spirit. And your choices can be made by God. At all times. Amen? Go on with the verses. So he, he, this father just divided up his spoils. That, that sounds like God. Ask, and you shall receive. Right? This, this father is an image of the father. Jesus didn't just tell this story to be telling. We, we've looked at the sons, and we've looked at everything else. But look at the father. This father trusted this son that he had... The only reason he had any reason to trust him at all is because he knew what was in him. Verse 13. Not long after... Because the son didn't tell him he was going to leave. He just said he wanted his half of the estate. But not long after he got it, he left. One day he's gone. Did his father chase after him? No. He trusted what was in him. Amen? He went out, but it says what he did. Same thing I would have done. Squandered his wealth on wild living. Okay, anybody else squandered your wealth on wild living? Okay. We all need the same amount of blood, right? Amen. All right? I got saved. You got saved. Everybody got saved at some time. Amen? Some people just took longer to wear it. Amen. Squandered as well. Verse 14. After he spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. Keep going. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. Forgot who he was. Anybody ever forgot who you were? You're a child of the Most High God. Don't forget it. He forgot who he was. He went and hired himself out to someone in a different country. He went, he went to something else for his source. God is our source. God is our supply. Amen? We're not going to hire ourselves out. Now, verse 16, he longed to fill his stomach with what the pigs were eating. That is sad, sad, sad. 17, when he came to his senses, wait a second, what's, when he remembered who he was, Amen. when he came to his senses, but better yet, what he remembered, what if when he left, him and his father would have had a big argument and his dad would have said, if you leave here, don't you ever come back? Right. Obviously, this father didn't say that. Huh? Right. No, he obviously didn't say that. Obviously, this father was kind and gentle. 
right? <laughs> Must have been. Because when he came to his senses, he, he remembered not only how good he was, he remembered how good he was to people that weren't even his, to his hired people. He, he remembered how good and how kind he was to even the people that worked for him. What did he remember about the Father? That he was kind, that he was good. How do you know he remembered it that way? Look at the next verse. I'll set out and go back to my Father. You don't go back to somebody who's mean. You don't go back to somebody who's kind or unkind. You go back to kind, gentle people. You go back to people you can go to. You go back to people you know love you, who won't quit on you, who will always be there for you. Amen? He might even know that my father's going to teach me at some point. He's going he's to set me down and say, hey, this is why this happened. But he's ready to receive at that point. But what he remembered is that he can go back. Too often we cut ties and we make it impossible for people to come back. Don't do that in your own life. Don't do that in this church. Amen? If somebody goes away from this church and and it's not the will of God and they need to come back sometime, if you're mean to them, they ain't coming back. Oh, you don't go to our church anymore? (laughs) I hope you make it. Hmm. Maybe I'll visit you in the hospital then. (laughs) Stop that. I've actually heard that. You should pray for them. Lord, have mercy on them. Take care of them while they're out there. The devil can't have their life. They'll be where they're supposed to be, doing what they're supposed to be doing. Amen? And they'll come back. I'm certain this is what that father prayed. Amen? He said, I'll set out and go back to my Father and say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. Keep going. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. This is what He's got this whole thing planned out, what He's going to say. He remembered who He was, but He's still in condemnation. Right? Anybody been anybody sinned? Been in condemnation? Yes. Yeah, you don't get out of it a lot of times just right off the bat. But if you've got a good Father, you're going to get help. Keep going. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. You know what compassion is? It's love. So within love, there is kindness. There is gentleness. There is warmth. There is home. There is the love of God. And when his father saw him, he was filled with his love for him. And immediately towards him began to bring this love towards him and he and he ran to his son it doesn't say his son ran to him he ran to his son why because he's kind he's not he didn't he wasn't sitting there like this okay boy i guess you're in trouble now huh gonna come home to dad sure got out there messed everything up now you just think you're gonna come home be welcome hey you're gonna have to work for this thank god god is not like that And we are not like that either. People do not have to work for our love. We're not even going to look at their works to decide whether we love them. (laughs) Right? God, God does it. Right? Because if you're looking at their works to decide what you do, you're not looking right. 
you need to decide what you do by, by what God tells you to do. If he says give them $1,000, you say, God, they'll just go out and spend it on nothing. $1,000, look, look what they've done with the last $1,000. God said, give them $1,000. But God, where's your kindness? Where's your love? Where's your trust? First of all, you need to trust in God. He told you to do it. Right? And if they never do the right thing with that $1,000, that doesn't matter. You did what God told you to do, and then don't go to Him and say, here, No, here, God told me to give this to you, brother. He wanted to bless you. He wanted you to know that He loves you. Amen? And then leave. Don't look back. Don't try to find out next the next day what they did with it. Sometimes it'll just make you mad. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. You don't need to know. You need to know you did what God told you to do, and you did it in the love of God. Because in the love of God, it is unfailing. No matter what they did with the $1,000, the act is unfailing. The act will produce fruit at some point, at some time, if you don't quit on it. Right? It's not time to quit on it. You acted in love. Love can't fail. If you act in love and you're certain you acted in love, then expect fruit. Amen? Glory to God. Why? Because you're kind. Where were we at? He ran to him and he kissed him. Next verse. The son said, Father, I've sinned. He went through the whole spiel. Verse 22. And the father said, it's a good thing you repented. Because I couldn't have took you back unless you did. I couldn't have took you back unless you told me how unworthy you were. You know, you went out there and you've done a lot of bad stuff. I'm going to have to put you in the barn for a while. Eventually, maybe you can work your way back up. We'll give you a room, maybe. And someday, someday, if you really do good, I'll call you son again. Isn't this the way it's been happening, though, too many times? Too many times. And see, this is God's people doing this too many times. God's people have got to be kind like God. And when somebody comes back in those back church doors and you haven't seen them in six weeks, it's time to run to them and say, we are so glad you're here. We're so glad you came back today. We're so glad to see you. Bring them whatever, you know, I guess we give away free, bring them a free CD. Can I take you to lunch afterwards? It's time to love them. It's time to be kind. If you see them out in the supermarket and they haven't been to church, don't, don't, oh, there they are. Get down that other aisle so they don't see me. No, you run to them. Say, oh, brother, it's so good to see you. Man, I love you. You doing good? I believe you are. Anything I can do. Amen? Amen. That's what kind Christians should be doing. Why? Because we're children of the highest. And we should be acting like those kids. Amen? Glory to God. He said, what, what this father really did was he, he didn't even listen to him. Doesn't, it, it, it says nothing about that he gave anything he said any time, any play. You know, he just said, quick, 
Bring a robe and a ring. What? What's he saying? He's saying bring everything that identifies him as my son and get it on him now because that's who he is. Amen? Bring it now. Why? Because he's kind and he's gentle. He doesn't care about where he's been. He's glad about where he is. He's not looking at his past. He's looking at where he is. Amen? And He's kind. And the reason, he, he's, he, he, the reason His Son's back is because He's kind. He gave Him space to repent. He gave Him a place to come. He, he gave Him mercy. Amen? Verse 23. Going to have a party now. This is how we should be. He's showing, he's, he's showing us an image of the Father. This is how God is. You can mess up and blow it completely blow it and come back to God and He'll throw you a party. It doesn't say that that son said, no, don't don't put that ring on me. Get rid of that robe. I'm not worthy. See, that's what a lot of Christians are doing. No, no, no parties. No. I'm unworthy, scummy, ooh, dirty. Yeah, I gotta go at least be in a cave for three weeks. Ground me, Dad. Come on. Dad didn't even ground him. Why? I'm not saying there's not time for, for some kind of punishment. Don't don't get me wrong. I've been grounded. My mom grounded me. It was more hard on her than it was me. But there's more time to be kind. Most of the time, when a kid's blown it, they've already punished themselves pretty good. Amen? And if we teach them right, when they come back, they'll have the same heart that this son had. If we teach them right. He was already repentant. The dad didn't need to do more. Amen? He needed to welcome him home and have a party. Verse 24. Why? Because my son was gone. And now he's here. He was dead. He's alive again. He was lost, and now he's found. Why? Why? He's kind. He's been looking for him. He's been waiting on him. He, this this person was gone. Amen. He's kind. He he's gentle. He's he's only looking at the good. He doesn't even want to hear what he spent the money on. Do you? <laughs> well, I see parents looking at me. I'd want to know where my kids spent their money. No. You know, my mom told me one time, she said, I didn't try to find out everything you did because I didn't want to know. It would not have helped me pray for you. And you know what? She's right. She's exactly right. It would not have helped her pray for me. You know, (laughs) you don't need to know everything. Amen? And then we all know what happened with the second son. He comes out and he's all upset. You know? And he says, your son goes out, spends all your money, comes back. First of all, it wasn't all his money. He gave it to his son. It was his son's money. Amen? He said, spend it all on wild living. He was upset. His dad comes out and he's mad. And he says, what do you mean you're upset? Your son, your brother's been gone and now he's here. and You're throwing a big fit. I ought to bust you. No, he was kind to him too. Why? Because he's kind. We serve a kind and gentle God. And He went out and He encouraged Him. And He he tried to build Him up and and help Him to see the value and the the scope of the whole thing. 
Right? Why? Because He's a kind and gentle God. That's what He does. He is for us. He is not against us. He is always loving us. He is always gentle with us. He's, you know what? People say, well, God will beat you to get you to learn something. No, you'll beat yourself and He'll pull you out of it. Right? You know what's on the, on the opposite side of blessing? Cursing. <laughs> and so God says, be in the blessing. He didn't say, be in the cursing. He said, be in the blessing. And if you're in the cursing, He'll wish for you to be in the blessing. And when you come to the blessing, He'll let you be in the blessing. Even though you've wallowed around in the cursing. Why? Because He's a good God. He's a kind Father. He's waiting for you. He'll throw His arms around you and kiss you and hug you. Amen? And He's given us the ability to be the same people. He's asked us to be this people. He's given us scriptures and said, you be, he said, even in the scripture we were in in Luke 6, in 36, He says, be merciful, right? As your Father is merciful. Judge not. And it doesn't change. It says, judge not, and you won't be judged. But what He's saying is, judge not, and you'll be like your Father who judges not. Right? Forgive, you'll be like your Father who forgives. Right? It goes on down to our favorite verse, verse 638. It says, give. If you give, you'll be like your Father who gives. All these verses go together. It's not, it's not single verses. There weren't even little numbers there when they wrote it. Right? When Jesus was preaching that, you think He stopped and said, verse 35. <laughs> now verse 36. No, He spoke it all in one big long message. Man, how many would like to hear Jesus preach that message? Glory to God. He wrote it down for us. So I guess we can hear it, huh? That's what he said. He said, he said you can be just like me. He said, what you got to do is be merciful. Be kind. Merciful is kind. It's kind, right? He said that. And then he said, uh, he gives us some more instruction. Colossians 3. Let's look in there. Colossians 3 and verse 12. This is in the King James. I can see the ye's in it, so put it in the King James. Put on, therefore, as, as the elect of God. How many elect of God do I got in here? So th this is for us. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness, meekness. Those, do those all sound like manly words? You know, when you think about manly things, you know, none of the things God asks you to be sound like the world's vision of manly. But it is the most manly way you can be. Right? Meek does not sound manly. Lord, do you want me to be meek? Because we think of meek like... No. He wants you to be power under control all the time. Operating in His power under His control. All He's got to do is say, do it and you're there. And Right? Moses was the meekest man in all the earth. Right? You know when, he, when they said that about him? Right before he asked for healing for the people who were talking bad about him. Kind. Very kind. Right? Because, right, Miriam had leprosy. And, and Moses said, God, don't, don't do it. Heal her. Fix it. Why? He should have said, yeah. Shouldn't be talking bad about me. I'm Moses. <laughs> right? No, meekness doesn't do that. 
Kindness doesn't do that. Kindness says, oh, Lord, no, 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 heal him. And God was happy with that. He healed her. He was happy with that. Why? Because that's what he wanted him to be. And God says, put on all these things. Put them on. In other words, they're part of, they're part of what you wear every day. They're part of who you are. You've got to decide to use them, though. Amen? Put on all the holy and blood, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Verse 13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Whew! That ain't nice. You mean I can't quit on them? That's what forbearing means. If you're going to forbear with somebody, you're not quitting on them. Yeah, but they've been acting a fool. They've been acting awful. I, I don't even want to be around them, God. You don't know the stuff they've been doing. Oh, you're just going to quit on them? You going to, so what are you saying? That they're worthy of hell now? No. There's no such thing as a throwaway. You guys have been here and here long enough listening to Miss Phyllis. You know there ain't no such thing as a throwaway. Right? Jesus died for every body. And he's saying, forgive one another. And he says, if you have a quarrel against any, forgive. doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter. What's he saying? Get rid of it. Don't think about it. Forgive. Be like me. What's he saying? Kind. Why? He forgave you in kindness. What? He showed you mercy. Right? You have a kind father. Be a kind child. The next verse. And above all these things, put on what? Love. Because love is how all these qualities work. Love is what causes them to have value. Love is what makes them eternal and everlasting. Love is what gives them power. That is why the world's version of kindness is not, it doesn't work. Why? Because it doesn't have the power of love. Right? Okay, look at love. Look at, go back to 1 Corinthians 13. I got it somewhere here. These are power words. When it talks about love, you know, we, our problem is, is, is the words that we use, we've made them so common. There's no, you know what I liked about the testimony that Tom gave from the, 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 the lady in India? Did you hear her? She kept using the word kind. You know, God was so kind to me. I don't hardly hear people say that in America. You know what? I rarely hear somebody talk about the kindness of God and how kind God was to them. You know? Because we go, we go straight to mercy because we've been so bad we need mercy. But we've got to realize that the reason you got mercy is because He's kind. Right. Amen? That's the reason He has everlasting kindness and everlasting enduring mercy. Amen? Love is patient. Love is kind. I think Let's put it up in the King James. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. It says, love suffers long and is kind. It doesn't even split them. In other words, it's patient and kind. You ever seen an impatient, kind person? No. Why? They're impatient. When you're impatient, you are no longer kind. Huh? Okay. Anybody in here ever been stuck in traffic? Huh? And, and you started out patient, and you were kind of kind because you had a couple phone calls you could make, but now you're running late. What in the world are you people doing? Couldn't you work at night? What in the world is going on? I got places, I, me, and you, I got stuff to do. And you're in my way. You're no longer kind. Kindness went out the window with your last two foot that you moved. 
right? And then we can get that way with people. I have helped you. I have helped you and helped you. You call me every day with the same problem all the time, over and over again. I give you money. You spend it on things you shouldn't spend it. That's not kind. It's not. (laughs) People say, well, if they'll listen, it would be. No, it's mean. They would listen if you would talk nice. A soft answer turns away wrath. Many people cannot be heard because of the way they say things. Mean is not the way, well, it's just hard love, brother. Take your hard love elsewhere. I don't want it. I don't see hard love in 1 Corinthians 13. Let me see here. Love is hard. Love is mean when it needs to be. I'm not saying there's not a time to let somebody go just like the father let his son go. But he didn't quit loving him. He did it in love and he was kind and gentle when it happened or he wouldn't have come back. Too many kids going away and they got no place to come back to. You will always be their parents. When they're 50, you will be their parents and they will call you if you're kind. If you are not, I'll say, I call dad. Ew, he's awful. I'd rather eat with the pigs than call dad. I don't want my daughter ever saying that. Ever. Ever. It doesn't say love's that way. It's not that way. There are a time to let them go and do their own thing and say, God have mercy on them. I bind their life to them. They can, he can, the enemy cannot have their life. And then trust in the mercy and the love of God to keep them and say, and I'll receive them back when they come home. Amen? It doesn't say, and none of those words are used. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it's not rude. Those are all mean words. Envy, rude, boast. Those are mean words, unkind. I don't care how good you talk about yourself, you're not being kind. Right? (laughs) Right? That'd be like me saying, well, guys, I do all this, and uh, y'all could do it too, but you're not me. I'm pretty great. And I do all these things. Does that seem kind to you? No. Jesus, everything he did, he said, now you do it. Why? Because he was kind. And he was saying, not only can I do it, these works that I do, you'll do greater works. Why? Because he was kind. And he was not only was being kind to the people he's talking to, he was thinking about the people you do the works for. Amen. Amen? Thank you, Lord. It's not rude. Rude's not kind. Self-seeking, not kind. Easily angered, that's offended. That's not kind. None of those would describe God. Somebody says, well, you know, that's just how I get my point across. Well, don't make your point to me then. It's not love, and it won't have value. You can get your point across, and you can leave and say, okay, now I'm right. And the only person you're right to is you. The person who just listened to you doesn't care because nobody cares until you care. Right? They don't care what you know until they know that you care. Right? Love doesn't delight when bad things happen. It says it doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. What? It always protects. What? 
Yeah, it's always there. Always taking care of you. Always keeping you. Why? Because it's kind. Right? It's always thinking about you. Always protect. Somebody says something bad about you. Oh, no. No, 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 no. They're having a rough time. They're coming back around, though. Oh, no, that's my brother. That's my sister. You don't understand. Those are good people. Oh, but you don't know what they did. I don't care what they did. They're good people. They're coming back around. They're God's people. They're my brother, my sister. If they're not your brother and sister, you know what? Jesus died for them. They're going to be okay. It's not time to watch the news and say, Ooh, boy, hell in a handbasket. This world is, ooh, boy. How many people know anybody they want to go to hell? Don't raise your hand, because if you do, I'm going to have to lay hands on you. No Christian wants somebody to go to hell. I don't care how bad they've been. Hell ain't a good place. It was not created for people. It was created for the devil. And I'll be glad when he goes there, because I don't have to love him. Amen? It always protects. It always trusts. What does it trust? You know, people say, well, what if they stole from you? That's not what it's talking about. It's trust in what's in you. It's trust that you're going to come around and do better. Trust that you'll come back. Trust that what's in you will come to be. It always trusts. People say, well, does that mean i got to put them back in the bank vault right after they stole money? No. That's not the kind of trust it's talking about. But they may get back there. Amen? What you do trust is that they can come out of that and be able to go back in the bank vault. Amen? It always perseveres. Never, ever, ever quits. Forbearing. Forbearing. It doesn't quit one time. Does it ever quit? It is always there for us, and we are always there for others. Amen? We're gentle and we're kind. Is that you? Am I talking about you? You, you, you can't teach somebody unless you are. Look at 2 Timothy 2. NIV. 2 Timothy 2, verse 24 in the NIV. It says, The Lord's servant must not quarrel. There's that quarrel word again. Quarrel, fighting must be against God's nature, huh? That kind of fighting. Strife. What is he he talking about? Strife. Yeah? Right? Strife's not going to help anybody. You know, people say, I don't agree with you and I'm never talking to you again. You know, it's one thing not to agree with them. Why do you quit talking to them? Does that mean you don't agree with their whole life? Because they voted this way and you voted that way? And now there's always going to be a wall of enmity again between us. No. You know what? Uh, Mrs. Moore told me, Brother Hagin said this, um, you can be... You can disagree without being disagreeable. Right? This is being disagreeable. Instead, you must be what? Kind to who? Everyone. everyone. What are you talking about? i got to be kind to everyone? You can't do this in like. <laughs> right? You can only do this in love. Right? Because, you know what? There's times where you don't like the person sitting next to you. But there's never a time you don't love them. Right? (laughs) Right, okay. For me, there's been times where I don't like somebody, but I still would do anything for them because I love them. I would not desire to see bad things happen to them just because I don't like them. 
at the time. Because it's not that I don't like them, it's just that I don't like what they did. Right? It's not, right? You guys all like me right now, right? Start liking me. Amen. Instead, he must be kind to everyone. And then he puts able to teach. Why? Because if you take out must be kind to everyone, you're not able to teach. If you don't want to be kind, you ain't teaching. And you can't be resentful. I resent that remark. Well, you can't be resentful. You can't take something to heart. Right? People could say the worst of the worst things about you. You know what? No one has been spoken worse about than God. No one. There is no one ever that's been said more bad stuff about him, has been turned on, had his, had his own kids turn their back on him. No one has been, and he is not resentful. He still loves us and still welcomes us back and is kind. Amen? Able to teach, not resentful. Next verse. What's, who's he able to teach? Those who oppose them, oppose him. He must gently instruct. Kind and gentle. That's me. Is that you? Kind and gentle. Why? Because if you're kind, you'll do it. If you're gentle, you now have a way. Right? Because if you're kind, first of all, you're kind, you will do it. If you're gentle, you'll do it right. Amen? So you'll gently instruct. It doesn't say grab them by the collar and say, you've got to understand this. You know, we've got too many people shoving the Word down instead of handing the Word. Right? Nobody likes the Word of God shoved down their throat. Anybody in here like the Word of God? When, you, when you're not doing right and you're frustrated, does somebody walking up to you and saying, God, the Word of God says, usually you want to say, you need to get away from me. And I don't care how good a Christian you are. Okay, you guys never do that. But there comes a day where Dave is standing there and he's working on something and it ain't coming around just the way he thinks it ought to come around. And somebody comes up to him and says, Dave, if the Word of God... Get away from me with that Word of God stuff! Why? I just need somebody to say, hey, you need some help? I don't need somebody to tell me. And I'm not saying that wouldn't work. I'm saying I can't receive it right now. I need someone to come up to me gently. I'm not saying that happens to me all the time. I'm just using that as an example. It hadn't happened since like this morning. <laughs> when I forgot something, I had to drive back and get it. Yeah. What are those people doing in my way? Can't they drive faster? Don't they know I forgot my notes? <laughs> they must gently instruct in hopes, in hopes that God... What, what are they doing? They're kind and they're gentle because they hope. They always have this hope within them that God will grant them repentance to the, to the leading to a knowledge of the truth. We're always hoping good things for others. Amen? Teaching is that. And teaching may require no words whatsoever. Right. Well, how am I going to gently instruct him? Nah, maybe a hug. Maybe a handshake. Maybe you bought his lunch. Is that instruction? Could be. Right? You don't know. You just need to be led. You just because you were led to go to lunch doesn't mean you were led to preach at them the whole time they were at lunch. Right? Because by the end of that, they'll say, well, I really wished I hadn't come to lunch right now. I, I just thought you wanted to see me. <laughs> right? 
and we're able because what we're just hoping that they'll come to their senses what what does it say i think it's in uh, uh, there's another version of this that actually says come to their senses uh, no it's the next verse actually no it is i'm in the wrong version there we go go to king james version Okay, it's not the King James Version. Forgot to put my version. It is an NIV? There we go. Oh, I, I read it just now, didn't I? And that they will come to their senses, just like, the, just like the boy came to his senses. What are you doing? You're being kind. You're always leaving them an easy way back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, did, I did a lesson one time called A Soft Place to Land. And see, my mom was always a soft place to land. I knew no matter what I did, I could come to her and she would make sure I could come. It was an easy landing. She, you know, it's like landing on a feather pillow all the time with her. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, be gentle and kind and hope. Hope for the mercy and the goodness of God. And that they'll come to their senses and see that this is a trap of the devil. Right? They'll come to their senses and see that they can come back to the Father. That they can come home. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to bring people to a place where they can come back to their senses many times. Why? Because they're a child of the Most High God. It doesn't matter how they're acting. Even when he was eating with the pigs, he was still his father's son. Right? His last name didn't change because he got in the pig pen. I lived in the pig pen for several years. And my last name did not change. When I came home, the father was waiting on me. And I thank God that he was. And I thank God that I had a mom that didn't quit on me and that forbeared. Amen? And I had a lot of people in my life that didn't quit on me. They didn't say, oh, look at Dave. He ain't ever going to make it. All he does is party and sin, and he ain't coming back. He's worthless. Let's go on to the next one. God doesn't go on to the next one. He never skips one. Every part, every person. And that's who we are. Amen? I'll close with this verse. Since I haven't used any of these notes, we'll just put them away. We didn't even use those today. Forget them. Philippians 4, verse 5. Look at it in the NIV. Or no, King James, I mean. Real quick. Because then it makes no sense, and then we'll make it make sense. <laughs> I read this verse for years in the in the in the uh, King James. I'm like moderation. What's that mean? Let your moderation be known to all men. Moderation. They want to know that I'm moderate. What I I can go either way. What I don't I don't know. Sometimes I believe this. Sometimes I believe that. I don't know. You know, that's not what that means. That's why I looked it up in many other versions. In in the NIV. Let your gentleness be evident to all. He's not just speaking to one person. He's speaking to Christians. He's speaking to people who claim to be children of God. He's saying every day, your gentleness should be evident. When you go in a store and the clerk's having a rough day, you should help them. Yes. Right? I'm not saying you get behind the counter and help them do their job. You make them feel better about who they are before you leave there. Why? Because you're gentle. You're kind. That's who you are. Amen? How about the easy-to-read version? 
We got that? Easy to read. You see, I need those kind of versions. Easy to read. There we go. Let everyone see that you are gentle and kind. The Lord is coming soon. Gentle and kind has something to do with the Lord is coming soon? Why? That's what draws people to repentance. Gentleness and kindness. If we want people to come to God, it's not what you know about the Word that's going to bring them. It's your gentle and kindness. That's what's going to bring them. It's your love. It's, it's who you are. It's not what you say. It's who you are. Too many people trying to teach people and tell them and, and, and show them all these Scriptures. This book isn't anointed to them. They want to see love. They want to feel valuable. And gentleness and kindness makes that happen. The love of God, that's why it never fails. It brings people in. It draws them to Him. And it won't quit. And when we become gentle and kind, and when we make it evident that that's who we are, Everywhere we go, not just in church on Sunday morning and not just when somebody feels bad, all the time. It's our nature. God's not just kind when He needs to be. It's who He is. And that's what I'm saying. When you leave, if you did nothing, if, if, when I leave a place, if I did nothing, if, if somebody just said, no, He's kind, how would they know that? I didn't do anything for Him. Because doing something isn't what makes you kind. Kind is what makes you do something. Amen? We want it to be evident. We want to stand up, and every time we walk in someplace, we're different. We are that peculiar people. We are, right? And we're different. And people look at us and they say, just like I said about that man when he came and gave me a hug, something's different. And I was a Christian. But yet, something's different about him. That wasn't just a hug. He loves me. He truly loves me. Now, if we get up in the morning and one person says that about us by the end of the day, we've done good. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. We serve a good God. And He's been kind to us. And He's put, our, he's put His love in us and enabled us to be gentle and to be kind. And you know, it's great to hear the Word on faith and, and it's great to hear the Word on, on healing, but this is the foundation from which we should do all things. The foundation of love is, is who God is. And it's if we do everything from that foundation, everything we do will work. That's why nothing Jesus did failed. Why? He did it from the foundation of love. When He went to heal somebody, guess what? They got healed. The only people that didn't get healed are the ones that would not receive the love. And people say, well, they didn't have the faith. Why didn't they have the faith? Because they couldn't see the love. You know somebody loves you that much, you'll have faith in them. Amen? Foundation of love is where everything begins, it's where everything ends, and everything in between is engulfed by it. Hallelujah.
You guys got a song?